السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam His household, his companions We ask Allah to bless them all and to bless every one of us to grant us protection, to give us ease, to make us from among the righteous and to make us from those who can take heed, learn lesson and change our lives for the better as the days pass. My beloved brothers and sisters, it is indeed an honor to be a part of this Light Upon Light online conference entitled A Unique Ramadan. Unique month of Ramadan indeed. You and I know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the greatest of importance to worship. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ I've not created mankind or jinn kind except in order that they worship me. So this would mean that we need to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and worship means we do that which pleases Allah and abstain from that which displeases Allah through our 24 hours every single day. That is an amazing statement because the Prophet ﷺ himself has taught us that we must make sure that we worship Allah and Allah alone. And he has spoken about the issue of association, of partnership with Allah and that it really upsets Allah the most. In fact, it is the gravest sin that one could commit. So we should always be from among those who worship Allah alone. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make that easy for us. We came from Allah. We are at a place where Allah wants and we will be returning back to Allah and we are hoping that we get something known as the eternal bliss, Jannatul Firdaus, the paradise that is eternal and the highest ranks of it. May Allah grant that to us. My brothers and sisters, from the time we are young, we are taught to pray and that prayer is five times a day. The term used in the Arabic language is as-salah. Salah itself is unique and amazing. It's amazing because it does not translate actually as prayer fully because it has actions as well as some words and specific types of words in specific postures and positions. All of that based on the instruction of the one who wants us to worship him. When you want a job from someone and you're the boss, you actually decide how that person is going to do the job. So you will say, can you drive from this point to that point at this speed using this road and do this delivery or that or whatever it may be. But the boss is always the one who decides how the employee would actually behave or what they would do. So my beloved brothers and sisters, Allah being the creator is far beyond any boss of this world. He decides and dictates how he wants to be worshipped. So he said to us, you will do this and you will do that. And if you take a look at that, the Prophet ﷺ has taught us the intention, the way we should face, what we should do prior to getting to salah in terms of washing ourselves, in terms of 
cleanliness and then the clothing and then the intention standing in prayer and how we should face and where we should face, where we should stand, how we should stand and then how we should raise our hands, what we should say and how we drop the hands, whether we tie them or not and how we tie them. All of the details are mentioned by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Amazing. So this is a favor of Allah. This is a blessing that Allah has bestowed upon us. My brothers, my sisters, something we need to know is Allah says the places of worship belong to Allah. The places of worship belong to Allah. In the Arabic language, we use the term sujood, referring to prostration, specific type of worship where seven bones are on the ground in a specific way, saying some words of praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's called sujood from sajada, to prostrate, to be in prostration or the prostration itself. So the place of prostration is known as masjidun. Masjidun means a place of prostration. Generally in the Arabic language, based on the context wherein we're using the language, the term masjid also refers to the building known as the house of Allah, where people go to put their heads in sujood. So where everyone goes to put their head into sujood, it is actually called a masjid, which means a place where people would go to put their heads in sujood, house of Allah. In a, in a nutshell, it is a place of worship and it belongs to Allah. And in that place of worship, only good acts of worship are allowed. That which concerns the ummah is allowed. That which is clean and beneficial is allowed. But that which is not clean, that which is immoral, impure, etc. is not allowed in the houses of worship, in the houses that belong to Allah. So Allah says in the Quran, in Surah Al-Jinn, وَأَنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ لِلَّهِ فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا Indeed, the houses of prayer, meaning the masajid, belong to Allah. The places of prostration belong to Allah. Allah alone. وَأَنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ لِلَّهِ We could say the masajid or the masjids as we call them in English. You know, we've transliterated it, but we know what it means. The masjids belong to Allah alone. One meaning. Another is the places of prostration belong to Allah alone. Cannot prostrate for anyone besides Allah. That prostration is simply only, wholly, solely for Allah. That's it. So, Annal Masajida Lillah. The masjids belong to Allah. And then Allah says, Fala ahada. So, don't call out. Don't supplicate to. Don't call out in worship to anyone besides Allah. Amazing how Allah words this. So on one hand, he says, the masjids belong to me, so don't worship anyone besides me. Subhanallah. Another translation, he would be saying, the places of prostration belong to me, so don't worship anyone besides me. You and I know that from a young age, we're taught about the importance of the houses of Allah, so much so that at the beginning of the advent of the Prophet wasallam, when he went, and I'm not going to go back to Adam salam, Ibrahim salam, those who initially built the Kaaba and the Baytullah al-Haram in Mecca, but rather we're just going to the Prophet wasallam, when he had the first opportunity as he arrived in the outskirts of Mecca in a suburb known as Quba. The first thing he did was he built the masjid because the life of a Muslim rotates around the masjid, right? 
The life of a Muslim rotates around the masjid, so much so that the Prophet ﷺ told us that one of the seven categories of people who will be attaining a special rank in paradise or prior to paradise in, uh, on the Day of Judgment under the shade of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, in a way that is befitting to him. He, he says, رَجُلٌ قَلْبُهُ مُعَلَّقٌ بِالْمَسَاجِدِ a person whose heart is connected or hanging in the masajid, the, the masjids, the places of worship, prostration, the houses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you fulfill one prayer, you're worried about the next one. You fulfill the next one, you're worried about the following one and so on. So anyone who has that quality, Allah is offering you a very great elevated status on the day of judgment when there will be so much of heat, when people will be dying, well, when people will be suffering because they would have, they would have already been resurrected. But, you know, we use the word I'm dying of hunger, which means I'm very hungry. So when we say when people will actually be suffering on that day because of their sweat and because of how hot it will be, Allah says, that those whose hearts were stuck to the places of prostration, they are the ones who deserve a dhill or a shade on this particular day. That's the importance of these places of worship or places of prostration. Similarly, he built Masjid Quba and Allah describes that place in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَمَسْجِدٌ أُسِّسَ عَلَى التَّقْوَى مِنْ أَوَّلِ يَوْمٍ أَحَقُّ أَنْ تَقُومَ فِيهِ فِيهِ رِجَالٌ يُحِبُّونَ أَنْ يَتَطَهَّرُوا <coughs> The houses or the one that was built first, the first house, the one that was built upon taqwa from the first day, speaking about Masjid Quba, is better, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying. لَمَسْجِدٌ أُسِّسَ عَلَى التَّقْوَى مِنْ أَوَّلِ It is better for you to stand in it. Because there are people there who are very, very keen and they cleanse themselves in a very good way. And the, the verses are basically praising the people who pray in Masjid Quba. And subhanAllah, that's the first masjid. Now, if we take a look at what the Prophet ﷺ did when he left that suburb and went into Medina Munawwara, amazing. He actually then decided one of the first things to do again was to build a masjid. This time it was to be called a Masjid Nabawi or Masjid Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the Masjid of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, al-Masjid al-Nabawi. And we all know that that masjid holds a very, very high value in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has told us, Salatun fi masjidi hadha afdalu min alfi salatin fi ma siwahu illa al-masjid al-haram. A prayer that is rendered in my masjid, this one here, meaning referring to al-Madinatul Munawwara al-Masjid al-Nabawi, is higher in value than a thousand prayers that are prayed elsewhere besides al-Masjid al-Haram which means in Makkatul Mukarramah, which has a value of 100,000. But in another narration, it even pushes it up to 10,000. All that I'm trying to show you is that the value of the masjid, very, very high. However, my brothers and sisters, sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dictates upon us something that we have no choice about. We have to rise to the occasion. You see, if you look at the issue of Salatul Jama'ah, Salah, in congregation. 
It is absolutely important to the degree that some of the scholars have taken it to compulsory for the males who are able and capable to fulfill their salah in congregation in the masjid. And then you look at the reward of it, it goes to a beautiful hadith worded in a very, very interesting way, especially for those of us who are looking into it right now. He says, Salatul Jama'ati Afdalu min Salatil Fadhi bi Sabin wa Ishirina Daraja. And in one narration, Khamsin wa Ishirin. Salah in congregation is better 25 times than that which is not done in congregation. Did he use the word masjid here? No, he didn't. So if I am going to fulfill my salah in congregation, I'm getting a 25, 27 times greater reward than if I were to fulfill the prayer alone, right? What if I were to do that in the masjid? Well, that is much more in terms of multiplication of the reward. Subhanallah. I hope you get that. So 25 times is only for Salatul Jama'ah or 27. Beyond that, if you're in the masjid, there is a greater reward that goes way beyond 25, 27, because not only are you doing the jama'ah, but on top of that, you're in the masjid, the house of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Amazing. And if you're used to going to the houses of Allah and one day you're not well, or for some reason you cannot go, guess what? You get the reward of it. You get the reward of having gone to the masjid because you're sick or ill or incapable or unable to go or for some reason something happened and you could not go. But you're used to doing the deed. The angels write that deed for you by the instruction of Allah. Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. So it's amazing how if you look at that narration, it doesn't talk about the masjid. Although there is definitely very, very great reward and it's even an injunction to go to the masajid. However, it is in order for us, for us not to despair the times that we cannot go to the masjid. Sometimes you're on a journey. You cannot make it. You're unwell. You cannot make it. You're taking care of something very important. You cannot make it. Sometimes you may have overslept or just forgotten. The Prophet says, Whoever oversleeps a prayer or whoever has simply forgotten out of human forgetfulness should actually fulfill that prayer as soon as they remember. As soon as you remember, fulfill it as qada. Subhanallah. Qada meaning that which you've missed and you're now, you know, fulfilling as a missed prayer. It's called qada, qada ul fawait, uh, to fulfill that which you have missed. In, from its rightful time. Okay, so it's very difficult for us to sometimes be at the masjid because of some of the reasons I've given you. When a person is sick, if you have a contagious sickness, don't go to the masjid because diseases can be contagious. The hadith that says la adwa does not mean that Allah or his messenger وسلم, are negating the fact that contagious diseases exist. But what they are saying is when a disease has spread, don't blame a person for spreading it. Rather, say it got to me by the decree of Allah. That doesn't mean you don't take precautions, nor does it mean that you can be relaxed and you can say, I'm going to do whatever I want. What it does mean is don't blame people. What got to you got to you because Allah wanted you to get it, even though you took every precaution. So it's strengthening our faith actually in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My brothers and sisters, so la adwa, we've just heard what it means. At the same time, when you do fear that you may give others a disease you have or a sickness because it's contagious, you don't go. Will you get a reward of having gone? 
under two circumstances you will. Number one is you used to often go, then you couldn't go. You get a full reward. Or you didn't used to often go, but in your heart you desperately would like to go. Allah will give you that reward. So I desperately want to go, but I can't go. Allah says, don't worry, you have the reward of it because Allah knows what's in your heart. And the niyyah is more important than anything. You know, many of the muhaddithin have commenced their books, including As-Sahih Al-Jami' of Imam Bukhari, Rahmatullahi Alayhi, Muhammad Ibn Ismail. He says, he started the book, the compilation of the Sahih with the hadith of uh, Umar ibn Khattabi radiallahu anhu, wherein he says he heard the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam clearly say on the mimbar, Indeed, all actions are judged by their underlying intentions and every person shall have a reward connected to what the intention was. Amazing. So I really desperately wanted to go to the masjid. I couldn't because of some valid reason. Guess what? I got the reward. Or I used to go often. Then I couldn't. Guess what? I got the reward. MashaAllah, tabarakallah. So under these circumstances that we're facing right now, you and I know coronavirus, COVID-19, not all the masajid across the globe are closed. No, but many of them have restrictions. Some of them in some countries are totally closed, depending on where you are and the time of the coronavirus in your particular area or country. For example, in some countries it is still open, but they are using disinfectant as the musallis are walking in. And some of them are actually uh, distancing and whatever, that's a, that's a topic on its own. However, let's talk about the broader term restrictions. We have restrictions. Let's face it, there may be nothing that we can do about it during the month of Ramadan this year 2020. So what do we do? Well, it's not the end of the world, subhanallah. Ibadah continues. Salah with congregation continues. In fact, perhaps if there was one congregation in your area, in the masjid, Allah wants you to have a thousand congregations in your homes. Do you get what I mean? That is, the, that is also a blessing of Allah. When have the men led their, their households in prayer? When have people ever learned about how to fulfill salah with jama'ah within the home? Sometimes the women don't even know. Sometimes the young children, we've never led them in salah. So perhaps Allah wants us to give that greater importance. And subhanallah, it is an act of worship, a great act of worship. You know, the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ speaks about doing some form of acts of worship in your house. And he says it very interestingly. He says, لا تجعلوا بيوتكم قبورا ولا تجعلوا قبري عيدا وصلوا علي فإن صلاتكم تبلغني حيث كنتم. Amazing narration. He says, don't make your houses into graves. What does that mean? A grave is a place where no acts of worship are happening. So don't convert your houses into graves by never worshipping Allah in your own house. There must be tilawa of the Quran, there must be dhikr, there must be reminders to your children or your family members on a daily basis, collectively or singularly or whatever way possible. There must be salah, salah with jama'ah, there must be salah, nafila, whatever else. You must talk about it, you must help your, ch your children and your family members, you must encourage them and you must be enthusiastic about all of this and your house will not be a qabr or a grave. You see, some of us didn't know this. And that's why a house wherein Surah Al-Baqarah is read, shayateen will never come into that house. Subhanallah Rabbil Alameen. You've got to read all these surahs. You've got to worship Allah in a house. When it's alive, the shayateen stay away. But when the house is dead, 
then everything wrong happens in that home. So my brothers and sisters, the second part of that hadith, just because I mentioned it, it says, La taj'alu qabri ida, which means don't come to my grave on a fixed timetable. You know, we visit the graves and the grave of Rasulullah whenever we can, once in a while, in order to remember uh, uh, the fact that we're going to be going there. As the Prophet says in another hadith, he says, Kuntu nahaytukum an ziyaratil quburi ala fazuruha fa innaha tudakkirukum al-akhirah. I used to prohibit you from visiting, visiting the graves, but now you visit them in order for them to remind you about the Akhirah. So we would visit the grave of the Prophet ﷺ, say salam to him and so on. However, he says immediately after that, Sallu alayya, fa inna salatakum tablughuni haythu kuntum. Your blessings and salutations that you send upon me, do them wherever you are, they will reach me. In what way? Allah knows best. Allah knows how he has a mechanism in place where the Prophet Muhammad receives the people's blessings and salutations upon him whenever and where they do it and wherever they are. That is by the qudra, the power, the mercy of Allah, the miracle, something granted to Muhammad and it was not granted to others. Subhanallah Rabbil Alameen. So that was the hadith. But going back to the issue of the house. So we need to make the most of our houses. I know I'm speaking to an international audience. In the low density areas where people have larger homes, you may have a specialized room, which is called salah room or salah facility or a masjid or a musalla within the house. You're fortunate, it's designated. You use that place, you frequent it, you do your jama'ah in it, and inshallah, you're set for this month of Ramadan. Make sure the ibadah increases. You're gonna be home more than you have been in a long, long time in most cases. But in the medium to low to high density areas where people don't have a specialized room, you may have a specialized area. So what you do, it's a demarcated area in the house, sometimes within the, the lounge in one corner where the sajjada is, where the places of sujood. Now I want to take you back to the beginning of this talk where I said that, you know what? The places of sujood belong to Allah. And the same verse translates as the houses of sujood, which means the masjids belong to Allah. Look at how it applies even here. That sajjada, that place of prostration belongs to Allah. Your forehead and your the bones that are put down on the ground when you are prostrating you don't do it except for Allah subhana rabbi al-ala look at this so you designate a place and make sure that you worship Allah there and worship him a lot do you know why the closest that a slave can be to his lord is when he or she is in prostration in sujood so my brothers and sisters, make sure that you use this and during the month of Ramadan more so, it is a beautiful month, a month where these acts of worship are loved by Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala, imagine being in sujood, that act of worship wherein you are the closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and on top of that, there is a designated area in your living room or somewhere in the house where you usually would sit. Brothers and sisters, some of us are not as fortunate and some of the homes are even smaller. Some people are living in one room, one bedroom, little apartment. Some of them have even less space than that. What to do? Subhanallah. So here's what to do. When it comes to the time of salah, you can move some of your furniture and you can then lay 
that beautiful carpet or the designated area, put some cloth or something that would actually get you into that mode. And then what you do is you dedicate yourself. You dedicate yourself for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, it's like a small mihrabul bayt. It's a small little uh, place of worship where the pulpit of the house, subhanallah, the mimbar in your own home, Learn to talk to your children, those whom you are living with. In the case of those who are living with people, if you're all on your own, don't speak to yourself, but engage in dhikr. Speak to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by worshipping him through adhkar. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar. These are acts of worship that are loved by Allah. Statements. Amazing. Listen to what he says. Through the lips of Rasulullah sallallahu we've been told, كَلِمَتَانِ خَفِيفَتَانِ عَلَى اللِّسَانِ ثَقِيلَتَانِ فِي الْمِيزَانِ حَبِيبَتَانِ إِلَى الرَّحْمَانِ سُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ وَبِحَمْدِهِ سُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ الْعَظِيمِ Two words that are very uh, heavy on the scales, very light on the tongue, very light on the tongue, very heavy on the scales, very loved by Allah. What are they? سُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ وَبِحَمْدِهِ سُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ الْعَظِيمِ Praising Allah and glorifying Allah. Imagine, if you were just to glorify, I glorify you, O Allah. I praise you, O Allah. You are the only one worthy of praise, O Allah. You are the greatest. You are the owner. You are the cherisher. You are the nourisher. You are the sustainer. You are the protector. You are the provider. You are the one in whose hands lies absolute control of every aspect of existence. You are my Lord. I will return to you. You made me in the first place. I owe my life to you. I'm going to return to you. Have mercy on me the day I return to you. You're praising Allah. All those words in the Arabic language and if you don't know them in the Arabic language, say it in whatever language you would like. Subhanallah. Praise Allah. Glorify Him. Thank Him. Seek from Him. Ask Allah. So my brothers and sisters, we are bringing the masjid into our homes. And as much as we are definitely in pain, in pain because of the masajid being restricted, the most, the most wise, the wisest, or the most honorable thing to do at this moment is to ensure that we don't risk others' lives and we don't risk our own life. So for as long as we have to, we will. As soon as we do not have to anymore, we would love to return back to normal. My brothers and sisters, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a beautiful month of Ramadan. If you were sitting in that corner of yours, in that position of yours, in that place, and you did not get up, as the hadith speaks about those who fulfill Salatul Fajr and stay up to the morning prayer, you know, the post sunrise prayer, the Ishraq, Shuruq, and so on, they will have a specific reward. If you were to use your designated place, you would definitely be achieving a similar reward in the case where you are unable to go to the house of Allah because Allah knows and Allah will reward us. Let's Let's weep to Allah. Let's turn back to Allah. Let's seek His forgiveness. Let's ask Him to alleviate the suffering of all those suffering and struggling, to grant cure to all those who are sick and ill, to have mercy upon those who've passed away, to, have, to give patience to those and sabr, jameel, to those whom, who have lost loved ones and to eradicate this virus completely and wholly from across the globe and make us better people, not only through the month of Ramadan, but from now, my brothers and sisters, and throughout the month and even beyond the month of Ramadan. These are a few words that I thought of sharing on this particular beautiful occasion of this unique Ramadan conference held by light upon light. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless every one of you.
وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته